Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good morning to you, baseball people. Saturday morning, 9 a.m., 670 the score every week. 52 of them, in fact, or however many weeks the year has. We talk baseball and inside the clubhouse. I'm Matt Spiegel here in Chicago and out there in Arizona getting ready for the general manager's meetings, which begin this week. He is our baseball insider, Bruce Levine. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Matt. And yeah, you're right. Uh, this is uh, the off season, which for a lot of baseball fans is just as interesting and maybe sometimes more exciting than the regular season when their teams get on the way and don't perform the way that they're <laughs> They're wanting to a little bit like uh, the White Sox and the Cubs did in 2019. So the offseason brings hope, eternal hope, and the chance of trading or finding a free agent that fits in to your mix. And uh, that is uh, where the general managers meetings come in starting this week, Monday here in Scottsdale. Matt, at that time, uh, the general managers get together annually. They go over rules and regulations that will change. There will be some impactful ones this year, including uh, the uh, idea that uh, pitchers will either have to pitch two-thirds or one or a whole inning uh, coming out of the bullpen this year, no longer uh, matching up for one hitter only. So that's a part of this. And then they sit down and start talking trades, free agents with uh, the agents for the players, and then media people like myself just uh, lurk in the shadows. Yeah, you guys uh, sniffing around for stuff, and sometimes we get rumors and stories. and Yeah, some of it's actually fact. Uh, some of it is fact, and some of it is, is so obviously plants. I think a lot of us have become... Educated, not as not as wise as uh, as grizzled as grizzled Bruce Levine, but some of us have, have figured out like where things come from and how they get out there into the bloodstream. And everybody's got an angle, don't they? Every, so when you're seeing little nuggets about your teams this week, just know that they were put out there by somebody for some purpose. Grizzled, <laughs> define grizzled. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the facial hair. That's all. all right, okay. but y- y- your point though is um, is well taken. The first point of the day, which is that. The Bulls are weird and bad. The Blackhawks are terrible. The Bears are three and five, and uh, Northwestern just lost to Merrimack, who just became a Division One team for the first time this year. So baseball's off season has never yeah. looked rosier to discuss. Yeah, the Cubs are uh, Cubs and Sox are zero and zero, just like everybody else. <laughs> by the way, Matt, inside the clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's, the top deli restaurant and bakery in Chicagoland. They invite you to what they call soup season at their Northbrook location. 
While most call it fall, Max and Benny's invites you to Soup Fest. Matzo ball, chicken noodle, kreplach, sweet and sour cabbage, and a different veggie soup seven days a week. Max and Benny's checklist. The best deli, no doubt. The best full restaurant, without question. The best full bakery, you bet. Max and Benny's has a uniquely special new meeting and special event space. You can uh, accommodate 50 to 200 people at Max and Benny's parties, celebrations, meetings, all handled by Max and Benny's. Max and Benny's is your catering king. Ask for John at MaxandBenny's.com for great deals. Complete dinner is seven days a week, 4 to 9 p.m. Skirt steak, chicken, and the freshest fish in Chicago, 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Max and Benny's, where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper, and that are the, that's also the expectations for these Chicago teams as we move forward here into the off season, Where would you like to begin, Matt? Well, let's tell people a couple of guests next hour. Uh, looking forward to talking to Bronson Arroyo at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. Bronson, uh, a tremendous career in 16 years as a pitcher. And his best season, his only all-star season, came with David Ross as his personal catcher. Uh, Bronson's played for a lot of good managers, lots of good thoughts on uh, on what makes a good manager, and specifically um, his uh, his friend and teammate, David Ross. So looking forward to that. And then um, and then Jerry Hairston at 1030, right, from Dodgers, uh, Dodgers pre and post, Bruce? Dodgers pre and post, uh, you know, former, you know, obviously from our area uh, and uh, went to SIU, Naperville native. Uh, great family history when people talk about the Boons, uh, they talk about the Bell family, mm-hmm. uh, they talk about the Griffies. People uh, forget about the Harrisons that go back to the early 50s with uh, Jerry's grandfather, Sam Harrison, being the first African-American player in Chicago White Sox history. Jerry Harrison, a great uh, outfielder and designated hitter for the White Sox. John Harrison, his brother, actually had a cup of coffee for the Cubs. And then hmm. you have uh, Jerry and his brother, Scott, uh, Scott, that both played in major leagues in recent vintage. So he'll talk to us about a little bit about uh, free agency, about the Dodgers finishing 21 games ahead of the second-place team, not making out a division race. Lots to talk about with him about free agency and trades as well. Absolutely. Dodgers are rumored to be going after Anthony Rendon hard, maybe Garrett Cole. And uh, and then Hyunjin Ryu, uh, certainly a possible White Sox target or otherwise. So lots to talk about with him. Looking forward to that. Uh, 312-644-6767 is the phone number. You can hop in, talk baseball anytime for the next couple hours. 6711 if you want to text us. I'm at Matt Spiegel 670. He's at MLB Bruce Levine. Bruce, let's start with Jose Abreu, um, who has had 20 home homers every one of his six seasons um, with the with the White Sox has uh, had 100 RBIs every year except one when he only played like mm-hmm. a what 123 games because of injury has been unbelievably consistent and was offered a qualifying uh, the qualifying offer was was given the qualifying offer so but I mean all signs have been pointing to these parties getting back together and you wrote on the scores website that it seems close. Yeah, 670score.com, you can find the story uh, posted about Abreu. And in there, I speculate uh, through sourcing that um, it's likely to be a three-year deal for Jose Abreu, somewhere in the 45 to $55 million area, more likely hitting around $50 million. That would, the AAV on that somewhere would be uh, 16 to $17 million. So that's being worked on. He has until Thursday, Matt. Everybody's been a, given a qualifying offer. Qualifying offer is for your own free agent. Uh, you offer a 
guaranteed one-year contract this year at $17.8 million. And uh, if they choose to take that, which they'll all have to tell you by this Thursday, they give up their uh, right of free agency. They're signed basically to a one-year contract and become free agents again next year at this time. Mm -hmm. So that is significant money. It's changed the the, uh, atmosphere quite a bit now, Matt, because of the fact that uh, the free agent off-seasons the last two years have been slow. Uh, they've been low-balled in some ways. So it changes the thinking. But in Brayu's case, there's love on both sides. Between the White Sox, the front office, in particular Jerry Reinsdorf, yeah. and the player himself. So they both have said uh, numerous times by the end of the season – that something was going to happen, and that something could happen as early as this week. I always think about how uh, Jerry um, made a ring for Jose Abreu after he hit for the cycle. He gave the man a ring. He clearly has fallen in love with this guy as a player and a person, and and, and Reinsdorf told Abreu that he was never going to wear another uniform. I know he said that uh, during the course of the year. Did um did did Jose and and I and I I get it. Jose is a tremendously dependable offensive player, an incredibly solid person, um, a veteran, highly respected by the wide range of young players in that front in that uh, that clubhouse. So let's say Abreu comes back for three years and he's most equipped to play designated hitter by year two, by year three, if not right away. What what does it do? For the um, for the free agent strategy for the White Sox for this you know, coming offseason. That's a great question. Uh, first of all, they have their, their young number one pick, Vaughn, yep. uh, who is going to be hopefully matriculating through the minor leagues and uh, up ready to play by 2021. Uh, so he's their first baseman of the future. You also have uh, Collins, who uh, was their number one pick in 2016. Yep. Uh, had a couple cups of coffee with the team this year. Uh, he's, they say catcher, not a really good defender, so he won't end up there, but he'll be a first baseman DH. Uh, so you have, you have those two already in the mix with uh, him, with Abreu, and with Collins. Uh, then uh, the, the goal of the Chicago White Sox in the offseason is to bring in a left-handed bat with some power. Uh, will that be a right fielder? Will that be a first baseman DH type? Mm. Uh, that is also, those are also areas to look at here. So with Abreu, they have the cushion of him being a DH uh, down the line here. So if he's not the first baseman that they think he can be, or Vaughn makes his way up here and he's the first baseman, they have some flexibility there. So that leads us to thinking that right field, or, or the outfield is where they're going to go for a left-handed bat. So that would be Cole Calhoun, possibly, mm-hmm. from the Angels as a left-handed bat. Um, th- there are three right-handed bats as corner infielders. Nick Castellanos, who I like an awful lot. Uh, Mar- Marcelo Zuna. Corner yeah, outfielders, you mean. Yeah, yeah sorry, cor- corner outfielders. And uh, Ozuna, Yasiel Puig. Castellanos, I would hope that they're not a slave to handedness, especially in terms of a guy like Castellanos who can hit guys from both sides of the plate, Bruce. Yeah, I think you're right about that, Matt. You are. But, again, balance in lineups are really important. And uh, to have somebody with left-handed pop, I mean, what what do they have as far as hitting from the left side? They have good hitters. They're all good, really good young hitters Mm -hmm. that have flourished over the last two years. But – um, you, you rarely see a lineup 
that doesn't have balance that uh, continually uh, puts up the the five or five and a half runs per game that you need to to, to be a winning type team uh, most years. So from that perspective, I, I think they would like that balance. You got Luis Robert that's going to come up, most likely play center field. You're going to have Eloy in left field, and Eloy is another guy that you have to keep your eye on because of the fact that the athleticism isn't great. And will there will they need him? to DH from time to time, mm-hmm. will, that, will that be ultimately his spot? So it, it convolutes things a little bit with signing a Brayview, but to them it's a no-brainer at this point for, Walt, for all the things that you mentioned, what he brings to this club. Yeah, sorry. So, so there's a lot of bats in that mix for DH, for first base, um, for backup catcher potentially. To me, what makes the most sense, if you could, is throw all the money at Yasmani Grandal. To come and be your catcher, it's a switch hitter, a terrific defensive uh, catcher uh, in terms of pitch framing. And, oh, my God, talk about the balance for the lineup and putting a veteran run-producing bat back there. I would I, – I, will the White Sox be willing to pony up and overspend to get the exact right target like yeah, that guy? I mean, overspend uh, – you know, he put up a, a really nice year this last yes, year. Yes, he did. It's 31 years old. Um, you know, do you put your your hand, your pitching staff more likely in the hands of Grandel? I mean, that is, you know, the offense you, you've already identified. The defense is going to be the key thing when you're still bringing a young pitching staff together with hopefully a couple of veterans that they sign in the offseason. So from all of that, you look at Grandel and you say, is this the catcher for the next four years? If he is, you know, as you said, do you pony up? you know, 50 or $60 million mm-hmm. uh, to pay him. Uh, and what do you do with McCann at this point? One year left on his contract, uh, had a great first half, second half not so good, but he made the all-star team. Was a difference maker. Uh, they felt as far as some of the pitchers. Absolutely. Uh, but that, that, comp- that complicates it, but, but Grandal is just, is just such – such the right fit in so many so many ways for me. Um, it, it, it does the signing of Abreu muddy the waters in terms of grabbing Grandal because that's also a guy who could be DH or play yeah. first base. He played twenty games at first for the Brewers this year. So you know uh, the interesting thing about the, the payroll that you just brought up, Matt, is um, with with Abreu signing, it won't impact the ninety million dollars they spent in payroll, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was already locked in at sixteen million. So let's say he gets eighteen million. Uh, this next year, and there's, you know, it's it's an average of sixteen to eighteen million for the three years. That's not going to impact the forty or fifty million that they might want to spend in the off season here, uh, going forward for a couple of starting pitchers, maybe a catcher to be that right-handed or left-handed pop guy. He's a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you could solve some of that problem from there. Keep in mind your your catcher usually only plays about 120 games. So there'd be 40 games where uh, maybe you'd want him to, to DH sometimes. But right. from from the perspective of how you put your team together, you're not sure exactly uh, where you continue to get the left-handed pop. I agree with you. Some of that, you know, you can hit. You can hit uh, lefties, righties. Yeah. You're going to be okay. But – uh, balance is an issue for teams, and the White Sox are certainly looking at that in the po- off season. Here. Uh, understood, but uh, like if it came down to Colhoun versus uh, Cole Calhoun versus Castellanos, to me it's Castellanos every day of the week, regardless of handedness. It is, but there's an agent involved. Oh yeah, and, uh, the, uh, which the, one? 
<laughs> uh, his name is Scott Boris, yeah. and he he thinks that every one of his players are the best players in baseball. And and Nick came off of a, a tremendous year yes. in 2019, and he's probably going to want what would you say four years or five years at twenty uh, eighteen to twenty? Yeah, I, I I think so, and I and I I would think he's going to get it, especially after that run he had at Wrigley yep. um, after the trade. To your point on Boris, I, I had to laugh this morning as I'm reading about Hyunjin Ryu who was so, so good this past year, as we know, but has been so injured. He missed all of 2015, has been hurt every year since 2016 and now, right? And what? how does Boris spin that? Well, he's 33, but he really has the arm of a 26-year-old because he hasn't pitched that many innings over the past Okay. <laughs> okay, so he's saying he's, he's open to... Uh... Innings pitched as the the equation for what he gets paid, <laughs> right? Unless it doesn't work for the next. I mean, he argument. was one of the top pitchers in baseball. Phenomenal, the first three four months of the season. Oh yeah, no, I, I I I'm a big fan. Two point three two ERA and the ground ball rate over fifty. Bruce, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, fits right into where the White Sox need to go for starting pitching. They they have the veteran. They they have the young right handed pitchers. You have Kopech hopefully back to join. Uh, with uh, with Lopez, with uh, Giolito, um, you know, with um, you know, with the rest of the mix there, Cease. Yeah. So you got your four right-handers. You have uh, Rodon coming back from Tommy John, not due back earliest to the middle of uh, 2020. You can't count on that. So we're so we're looking at. Keuchel, Keuchel, yep. Ryu, uh, Bumgarner, who we've talked about, Bumgarner, and, and? Cole Hamels. Wow. Yeah, Cole Hamels will be in that mix. He makes an awful lot of sense uh, for one year for a lot of teams because they will break down his season and see that before he got hurt, he was back to being a dominant pitcher again for the Cubs. And once he got hurt uh, and had the oblique situation, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, his season was basically over. So do you look at that part of it saying this guy can still pitch? He learned how to pitch uh, up in the zone using metrics, you know, uh, to, to uh, you know, kind of reinvent himself? Or do you say, you know what, at 36, uh, the injuries are something that we just can't, uh, we can't take a chance on. If he, if he does it again, you know, we're, we're out um, the money. Or, you know, again, where does he come in at after $20 million last year? Is he a 6 to $8 million pitcher? Is he a $10 million one-year pitcher? Uh, those are the things that have to be figured out. Yeah, um, lots of lots of interesting stuff. Callers on hold, we will get to you. Uh, Cub fans, also later this hour, Andy Green, supposedly your new bench coach. What does Lester Strode being replaced mean? And boy, those rumors uh, are awfully interesting considering uh, one of the core guys for the Cubs may be on the market. Bruce, let's take a break. We'll come back and take some calls. He's out there in Arizona at the GM meetings. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. It's Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Bruce Levine, uh, the Chicago Bears have waived running back Mike Davis, one of their free agents uh, from the past year, because now they will get a a compensatory supplemental draft pick. Or compensatory draft pick. What Um, about the six million bucks? uh, They are going to have to swallow Mm. um, some of it. All right. But um, my my thought here on Inside the Clubhouse is that just like Dennis Eckersley before Kirk Gibson's home run, the Bears have let Mike Davis walk. Wow. Thank you very much. Very nice. Eckersley's still pissed off that he walked Mike Davis. Of course, he will be till the grave. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those great moments in uh, baseball history. I yeah. mean, you know, a guy can't walk, you know, not going to be available. His only at bat of the World Series. And Amazing. And changes the course of the entire World Series <laughs> with uh, that traumatic home run. And, yeah. And, and you're talking about a, a Hall of Famer in Eckersley who, you know, won, uh, you know, 150-plus games, had 300-plus saves, you know, one of the, the great pitchers in history, and he's still worried about that. So well, you, you understand. Yeah, and, and I, I think that year, by the way, um, Eckersley, let's see, I think it was 89, right? Yep. 89 with the 1.56 ERA, he walked three people all year. Yes, he did. <laughs> he, yes, walked, he did. He walked three people that year, whether he needed to or not, then four the next year. Seven in two right. years. And then Mike Davis in game one of the uh, World Series. Whoops. Whoops. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but I know that's not why you called. This uh, moment in yeah, baseball history. That's right. Brought to you by Matt Spiegel. <laughs> 670 score is where you are. Here is Don in Burr Ridge. Wants to talk White Sox and left-handed power-hitting targets. What do you got, Don? Hey, I, I, I love the thought on Grandal. Uh, for for the catcher for the White Sox, not only is he a lefty bat, um, actually I think he's a switch hitter, isn't he? Right. Yes, yeah. he is. Yes. So, um, but he is a sickening good defensive player with with great uh, pitch framing. You guys are talking about lefty bats. There's there's two guys I like. I actually like him for both the Cubs and the Sox. Uh, one I think is <clears throat> it would be very very cheap to get. There's a little bit of a uh, injury history with him, and that's Corey Dickerson. He's a career 290 hitter. He's an above-average fielder. No, he doesn't have 30 homer power, but he's a 350 on base percentage and an 880 uh, OPS guy. He, I, I like him a lot. He can be fairly cheap. The other guy is Eric Thames, the Milwaukee guy. Mm-hmm. Um, at bat, I, I, I like him a lot. The, the issue with the Sox is I think Dickerson doesn't play right field, and, the, and I'm almost positive that Thames is only a left fielder first baseman. But those are two guys that I I like for both the Cubs and the Sox, especially if the Cubs trade Schwarber. You can put one of those guys out in the outfield. Dealing with your free agent pitchers, I I wouldn't sign Baumgartner. I think the price tag is going to be too high, just namesake. Um, I like the Ray, Rayu. Kushel, I think, is a three to a four pitcher. I wouldn't want to get him. 
The guy that I actually like is Wheeler for the White Sox. Zach mm-hmm. Wheeler, who throws about 96. He had a lot of injuries the past uh, a few years back, but two very healthy, productive years in a row, and people think that there's a lot more potential on, on his stuff there, Bruce. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for your call. Good stuff. Yeah, very good. Um, you know what, um, Matt, with um, – with Dickerson, Dickerson, you know, I mean, so so right. He's had injuries. Got yeah, a little. He's got a little pop. And a couple of years ago, he had a good home run season. Yeah, uh, but he's, he's right he, about left field or, or DH only, pretty much right. these days. You know, with the, you know, uh, who was the other guy I mentioned the from the Brewers? Uh, Eric Thames, which Thames. is very interesting. But if Abreu comes back and you've got Collins, I you know, I guess for one year, Eric Thames. Maybe as a lefty DH first base type. I mean, you know, if if Collins is going to be on the team all year, is there really a spot for him? I mean, if he's going to be your your DH first base choice as well, is there really a spot for Thames on an on American League team? I mean, you can you might be able to run him out there against certain right-handers. He's certainly going to hit some home runs defensively. He's a liability at first base, outfield uh, not too good. So, but you do you do have to one thing that he brings up with that, which I agree with, Matt. Mm-hmm. You do have to look at your teams and building them from the back forward, and if and if these are reasonable deals for guys with some left-handed pop, uh, you you do make some considerations for these types. But knowing that the White Sox want to get better defensively in the outfield as well as offensively as the Cubs do. Yeah. I don't see how, you know, these two guys necessarily fit. No, I, it, it, and, uh, and Dickerson is a, a, a nice, a nice affordable lefty bat, but it's, uh, yeah, defensively. I mean, Eloy has to play left field now. He, he has to be there. Uh, he, does, he does, but, you know, two injuries last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, without demeaning him because he's he can be one of the more impactful right-handed hitters in the game as we move forward. Um, the physicality uh, tool, the idea that he's athletic, um, he might argue with me, but he's not all that athletic. So you have to, down the line, you're going to have to protect him against himself. Make sure you get your 600 at-bats. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Join Northwestern football at Ryan Field this month. Well, the Wildcats host Purdue and Minnesota in Big Ten play. Single game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at nusports.com. And this segment is uh, brought to you by Amazon. Holiday hiring at Amazon starts now. Earn up to $16 an hour. No resume, no previous experience required. Choose from a variety of shifts. Find your opportunity at amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Bruce, um, how good is Luis Robert going to be in center field? And with him being that good... Can you survive with Eloy in left and somebody like Nick Castellanos or some sort of replacement-level right fielder out there because Robert's going to be patrolling the whole damn outfield? You know, it's it's kind of what the Cubs and Sox both looked at this last year, Matt, uh, where you have Schwarber, who, who's, who's done a, a great job of improving himself but will never be a gold glover as far as range goes. He's not going to have that much range in left field. And then you had, uh, you know, just average at best range with Castellanos going to his left. He was outstanding, I thought, going to his right last year and uh, and was a better outfielder than anybody thought coming over from Detroit, really only his second full year in the outfield. So with the White Sox, you know, you're, you're going to have to have a really good center fielder. And Robert is still learning 
uh, routes. They say that that's still something that he's he's gaining on. You're going to have to have a, a pretty decent right fielder, somebody that can play the position. So you can't have two DH types, I think, in left field and in right field. So whoever they bring in to play right, he's going to have to have some pop, but he's also going to have to play the position. Bruce, um, do you remember in 2017 when Anthony Rizzo absolutely destroyed Austin Hedges of the Padres, the catcher, at the plate, um, uh, bowling him over, and the Padres did not throw at Rizzo, and like some of the players got mad. That, that's what the first thing I thought of when I thought of Andy Green as the new bench coach, apparently for David Ross, was uh, his history of, of not retaliating um, in that moment. But um, what are your thoughts on, it uh, looks like Andy Green, who managed the Padres for four years, they fell apart down the stretch here. The players uh, said it was on them, but Green gets fired, and now he apparently going to be here as the former National League manager to be the bench coach for the uh, rookie, David Ross. Well, he was, the, he was the hot managerial candidate when he was hired uh, he was coaching for Arizona, and he was hired by the Padres before the 2016 season. Then all of a sudden, ownership with San Diego did a flip. They did a 180, and they started trading all the veterans they, they had trade for, and they left the, the Green and the Padres in a rebuild very late, you know, without much notice. All of a sudden, they told A.J. Preller, you know, it's time for us to uh, get rid of the Matt Kemp's and the people like that and uh, and start doing a rebuild. So Green was kind of caught in this mode of, well, we're going to have young guys and veterans, and they didn't. And his record, if you look at it, is underwhelming at best. His four years there, I don't think he ever won more than 71 or 72 games. Mm. But that wasn't necessarily all on Andy Green. It was uh, a lot of it on the organization that he was with. So he's still highly thought of. The idea here, of course, and you and I have talked about this before, Matt, you have to bring in a veteran young uh, guy to be your bench coach uh, who has uh, understanding of the metrics way of doing business, translating that, and also be there for a rookie manager uh, when the games start to speed up. And uh, the, the organization felt that Green was the right guy uh, considering all this National League experience over the past five or six years, and the fact that uh, you know he speaks the same language as they do, so again, some of the grizzled uh, veterans, as you use the term grizzled, uh, uh, for for him was uh, you know they were eschewed rather, and and they're, instead they're going to go with Andy Green here. And then of course you talked about Chris Young yeah. coming in as the bullpen coach, replacing replacing Lester Strode had been there forever. And I don't know, again, if this is more about the metrics way of doing business out there than it is about Lester not doing a good job, which from all indication, he was a true professional and outstanding at what he did. But this is a new wave pitching, uh, or this is a new wave coaching staff under David Ross going forward. Yeah, you know, my my take on the Lester Strode replacement, Lester's been here for five different managerial regimes. And that spot, bullpen coach Bruce, is always it's kind of thought of as a logistical job. You help guys with their routines, communicate, uh, you know, with the pitching coach, you chart and stuff like that, but not necessarily a teaching job. 
But they're going with this. This Chris Young is a young, progressive pitching mind that they like. He's been in Houston with Jeff Lunau, worked in San Diego with Jed. And this, this, it's like another opportunity to get an active analytical coach, um, you know, in, into a spot that doesn't traditionally necessarily have that guy. That makes sense. Absolutely. You know, when Epstein had his uh, his uh, seventy one minutes with the media at the end of the year, he talked about how baseball technologically is changing every six months, and that is something that we should have paid more attention to. Mm-hmm considering that they want to be the state-of-the-art organization that is maximizing every area of metrics, scouting, and uh, just uh, you know, coaching up people on a daily basis. They don't want to leave any uh, a stone unturned, and therefore you see these changes going forward, and you see them also downloading guy, uh, guys like Young, who spent time in the Astros organization, and the Astros are the organization everybody looks to right now as, you know, state of the art as far as uh, their ability to uh, equate scouting and uh, the metrics part of the game. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the technology, Rapsodo and Blast and, and all that stuff. Yep. This from Peoria Matt via text. I've always known that Lester Strode was the problem with these cops. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like, oh, Lester's gone. Now everything's going to be fixed. Um, uh, Bruce, we've got phone calls to take. Let's uh, take a break, come back, and, uh, and service these callers. Next hour, a couple of guests. Bronson Arroyo on his old teammate David Ross and uh, Jerry Hairston Jr. on uh, the Dodgers and free agency. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. It's Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Appreciate our buddy Mark Gonzalez, Bruce, who reminded me about Andy Green and Dave Roberts being in a very entertaining fight a couple years back. So if we need somebody to fight with Dave Roberts for these Cubs, Andy Green is your guy. I suggest that uh, they sick uh, Green on the metrics guy that tells Dave what to do instead. <laughs> just, uh, he's it's feisty. Not, it's not Dave's fault, yeah. okay? So uh, everything is directed from the metrics people. Got and, it. And uh, that's where we're going with some of the teams. And, you know, Dave Roberts had to wear that World Series move or non-move with uh, Rich Hill a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was that was not him. That was the metrics department saying, time to uh, get him out of there. So uh, good baseball people sometimes are not making their own decisions. Let's uh, take some calls here. Your guy, Matt in River North. Matt, you're first up uh, this segment on Inside the Clubhouse. What's up, Hey, Matt? good morning, fellas. Yeah, you know, I had a question about two things. I want to ask you about the Adam Eaton trade. I'm not so sure the White Sox won that trade. I think it's pretty close because Adam Eaton helped them win the World Series. Mm-hmm. And two, I like the fact you guys are talking about outfield defense. Because I look at it this way. I'm a Cubs fan. If the Cubs keep Castellanos and Schwarber, that's an issue to me. If the White Sox get a Castellanos, because I think Jimenez is the worst of all those guys defensively. You look at the stats. He was, I think, the third worst outfielder in baseball at saving runs. And his throwing arm, you can't correct that. It's just awful. He cost him at least three games with his throwing arm. And he's a, I think he's a future DH. Yep. So if they don't address those holes on both sides of town, the defense – it hurts your pitching staff. And how do you, you know, you look at the teams that win, they do two things. They play defense and they don't strike out. Great observation on your part, and, and thanks for your call. Matt, uh, what he brought up, 
who won the 2018 World Series? 2018 World Series, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Boston Red Sox. And what? And did they not have three center fielders in their outfield? Andrew Benintendi, Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley. You bet. Yeah, as good as it gets. Who won the 2019 World Series, and who were some of the finalists as far as you know? Went going there. You Washington. Bet. Washington had outstanding defense. Outstanding defense in their outfield. So did the Astros. So did the Astros. So this is one of the more underrated uh, areas. Yes, for individual players, you can have uh, you can have the the fielding and their range factor dealt with, but balls dropping in on teams and how that initially affects winning and losing ball games. Mm-hmm. I think it's huge. Honestly, I think it's huge because we're in the era now of so many balls being hit to the outfield compared to ground balls that um, this is more relevant, I think, than it's ever been. Uh, I agree. Um, in, in terms of the Adam Eaton trade, I could not disagree more. They absolutely won that trade. Adam Eaton for a couple, a few years of of non-competitive White Sox baseball, or now what you have in Lucas Giolito alone, who's not even arbitration eligible till 2021 and has developed into a full-on ace. So now I completely I, disagree with that. Here's here's what I think. Yeah, I don't look at win or losing in trades. I look at equal value for what the teams wanted. And when I talked to Mike Rizzo a half hour after that trade, I said to him, I said, you know, Mike, you know, Adam's not a center fielder. He said, well, we think he can play center field, but we have Michael Taylor along as well. And uh, And then Robles. And he said, we have enough pitching. We needed a guy that can make some things happen on the bases, steal some bases, bring a little energy to the team. And uh, we think he's going to be really good for us. We know we traded some good young pitching. We have pitching. And so for me, Matt, it turns out that everybody got what they wanted. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, abso- you know? ab- absolutely. And, and to me, that's what a great trade is. You know? mm-hmm. so, so as you project this down the line, whether Eaton's a good player or not two years from now, and Giolito and Lopez and Dunning are winning 55 or 60 games uh, collectively each year, which is, you know, that's taking it to an extreme – uh, it's it's a good deal. Yeah, um, it, they they just won a World Series with Adam Eaton having a big big role in the postseason. This is Mike in Frankfurt, Michigan, on the score. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys, and thanks for spending so much time on the Sox. Uh, it's terrific, uh, uh, Bruce. You may be aware, but Jim Margulis at Sox Machine posted a fascinating uh, article the other day uh, about an accounting of White Sox free agents in the Rick Hahn era. And you were and given, and it was extremely critical of Han's uh, performance. Essentially, his conclusion was in the seven years that Han has been uh, general manager, he has had one, repeat, one impactful, successful free agent signing, and that is Abreu, and maybe a half year of McCann. It's a discouraging with so much on the line. Do you agree? Is that a fair assessment? I mean, Margos is a pretty savvy guy, but what's your perspective? We have so much on the line with free agency for the Sox this year. Uh, is it fair to be discouraged or is it fair to be encouraged about what Han may be able to do? Well, I think they had a pretty good uh, a pretty good pick on James McCann, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, that, that, that turned out really well. Sure, you can be critical about uh, Han, but Han is one of uh, three people, and, and Rick has a lot of autonomy in that front office. But when it comes to uh, free agents and trades, they collectively get together and make a decision on what they want to do. So if you want to give them credit, when credit is due for the good things they do, 
That's fine. But uh, it's not all on Rick. Uh, you know, some of it, uh, you know, certainly involves Kenny and uh, and Mr. Reinsdorf as well. They they make all the big decisions together. But uh, Rick does have a tremendous amount of autonomy when it comes to uh, hiring and firing and putting the team together. Bruce, before we take a break and talk to Bronson Arroyo, uh, the, the rumor, as worded by Jeff Passan from ESPN, multiple teams in search of catching help believe Cubs catcher Wilson Contreras will be available this winter. The Cubs will get creative this winter, and with a deep catching free agent market, they could trade Contreras and begin retooling under new manager David Ross. Your thoughts on the wording of that, uh, that rumor? When did the Cubs start going down the tubes this year? Uh, when Contreras got hurt? I think so. And I think you can quantify it uh, because of the fact that that bat in that middle of the order uh, was missing that power arm uh, to keep the running game, even though there's not a lot of running going on in Major League Baseball. I think this is all driven, and, and I don't doubt it. I mean, I, I think that they will listen, but I think it's a mistake. Because if they do, you have three years of contract control. That's the of, thing. Bruce, uh, yeah. 4.5 mil in arbitration is expected yeah, to be the year. money. And first th- year of arbitration. And three seasons left. Just had his best slugging right. year. But if they believe that metrically uh, speaking that their pitchers got worse because uh, their catcher wasn't framing properly, uh-huh. they'll make the move. And if that is the move, then obviously you look at Yasmani Grandal, but a little further down the free agent list is Jason Castro, incredibly well-respected defensively, and and that might be the kind of angle they want as a catcher. I, I, I think that's right. I mean, you know, maybe for the Cubs, the thinking is offense from the catching spot is nice but overrated. And that the key is that we get everything we need as far as pitch framing, blocking pitches, uh, everything else from our catcher. Mm. Um, I think, I think it's a mistake only because of the fact that Contreras is uniquely still coming into his own yeah. at age 28, and and could be you know playing 130 games or so, you know, a 30 home run hitter with. 75 to uh, to 90 RBI and a guy that shuts down uh, running games. If the game evolves back to to teams, uh, you know, with some speed like Washington, uh, changing the course of trying to manufacture runs on their team or in their organization, he is there for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just I understand where the Cubs are at, and if they will, I, I think this is obviously uh, something that's a fishing expedition right now to see what they can bring back. And I get it. You, we've heard the same thing about Bryant. You know, we're still waiting for the decision by the arbitrator and him. Mm-hmm. The key is our minor league system hasn't produced enough. Let's see if we can get three or four players to replenish our system right now for one or two of these guys moving forward where we can continue to compete and also have contract control over people. The man won a World Series with the Red Sox, a playoff participant twice with the Reds, and had his best year with personal catcher David Ross. We'll talk to Bronson Arroyo next on Inside the Clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine in Arizona for the GM meetings. I'm Matt Spiegel back in Chicago on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.